Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our service minimum out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. But guys, the holiday season is getting closer every day. It's time to start doing that shopping. Head over to collegecornerstore.com if you need to shop online, or they have two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet or followed by the Half Shell. And they have got the maroon and white merchandise you're looking for this holiday season for the Bulldog in your life. Shop at College Corner. Humble Taco, Ben 612, Restaurant Tyler. They are all some of the best restaurants uh, in the Starkville area. I'm meeting at Restaurant Tyler this Friday. I am really, really looking forward to that. We've got a big group going over there. And I have, I, you know, we eat Tyler for lunch all the time, Robbie. It is great. We all, we all love it. But, Restaurant Tyler for dinner is a different animal. We're talking about some of the best food you're going to find anywhere. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. And if you're in Starkville anytime and you're thinking about a you know great place for lunch, Restaurant Tyler, great place for dinner, Restaurant Tyler. So check them out over there on uh, Main Street, right there on the corner of Maine and Washington. That is Restaurant Tyler. And the guest room is probably the best kept secret in Starkville, by the way. Not enough people know about the guest room. And yet at the same time, it's hard to get in. It's a yep. weird combination. Those of us who know go there a lot. Firehouse Subs. I had to think, it's like, what, what sponsor is next? Firehouse Subs is, is what I want to talk about. Great place to go grab lunch each and every day of the week. And, of course, you can pile up reward points when you order with your Firehouse Subs app. Only a couple of home games left for Mississippi State. If you're looking to tailgate and want to add something awesome to it, grab a Firehouse Subs party platter. Just call your local Firehouse Subs and get details on catering. Location, Starkville and Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Floyd, and Madison. It's Firehouse Subs. Mississippi State 39, Auburn 33 in overtime, a game that, as I said to Cole Kublik when I texted him last night, might have been the dumbest football game I've ever seen. It was, I, well, actually, I think I actually have that in the things that are true. Hold on a second. I do, so I won't say that particular thing. But... Just an awful display of football by two teams, neither of which deserve to win. Luckily, Mississippi State escaped with the victory. I'm interested to hear, you know, this is an interesting game for me because normally I sit next to Robbie in the press box. So I have some idea, you know, we're bouncing ideas off each other. We're talking to each other. I, I sat in the stadium, the, the scoreboard club last night, didn't talk to Robbie. So everything he's going to say is fresh. For me, hearing it, everything I'm going to say is fresh to him. I'll let him go right now after that debacle of a game. Tell him, fuck. Well. Okay. Or is it, or is it, well? I don't know which one you want to go with. Well, I'm so torn on this game, Brian. The closest thing I can remember 
to this game was the 2015 Arkansas game. The okay. emotions of jumping out to a big big lead, giving up that big lead. Everybody wanted uh, Dan Mullen fired in the middle of that. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people wanted Dan Mullen fired in the middle of that game. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're about to lose on the field goal, block the field goal. That's how this game felt to me. And I, I just I cannot figure out where I stand on this game. And there's going to be a lot of conflicting things that I say, and I think that you might say as well, that's not going to make sense because I'm getting pulled in different directions here. Mm-hmm. I'll start with the fact that I continue to beat the drum that this offense is not going to be super effective if it cannot establish a running game. And for the people that say, well, there was a five-man box or there was a four-man box, there was four down linemen, there were six people in the box that you couldn't run against. Well, I mean, the the problem with Mississippi State is that teams do not respect them running the football. They don't think they're going to run the football. And now they don't have to drop eight. They feel like they can get pressure on Will Rogers and disrupt things. But State cannot be effective offensively in its current state. Mm-hmm. And, then, and what I mean by current state, the last three ball games, The last three ball games have been truly bad offensive football, and it's very hard to watch. And I said it last night, Zach Arnett does not deserve this offense. I, I don't think Zach Arnett has been perfect. I don't think his defense has been perfect. Right. But that man has earned every dollar that he's made at Mississippi State because he's having to, more often than not, and especially in games like this, he's having to keep Mississippi State afloat because their offense goes long distances without doing much of anything. And that's an issue. And like you've said time and time again, you hire an offensive-minded coach, you should expect better. I do not think this current stage of the air raid works for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big problem on, on, on Saturday night. Now, on the opposite side of this, um, and I don't know, like you said, we haven't discussed anything. I don't know what your thoughts are on any of this. I was impressed with how Mississippi State toughed that game out. I know Auburn is 3-7 and seven, or 3-whatever and whatever they are. Uh, they just lost their coach. But a lesser Mississippi State team, maybe last year's team, definitely 2020, they lose that game. Mm-hmm. You've you've allowed a team to climb back in it. You kind of fall apart there at the end. At the end, Mississippi State finding a way to win was a big deal to me. I thought that that showed that this team has fight in it. It's got a, it, it's got a, a figure it out mentality, which is great. That's a good thing to have for Mississippi State. And that was very that was a very positive development. State should not have been in that position. Uh, and I understand everybody's point of view on that. They should have not been in that position. But the fact that they fought through that was a big deal. And I was very worried about this game. We talked about this weeks ago that Mississippi State needed to play Auburn with Brian Horson coaching. You do not want to be playing Russian roulette. When is he going to be fired? Because that first week, it just seems like lately that interim coach gets him fired up. And that's what Cadillac Williams did. He got that team believing. And I, I knew that was going to be a battle there um, as, the, as the week kind of wore on. I thought State would win by a couple of touchdowns. But I thought Auburn would put up a fight, and they did. Bottom line is, we're going to break down this game in detail. We're going to say a lot of negative things in this about this game that that might make people upset. The bottom line is, once again, Mississippi State is right where we thought they were going to be. 
They're sitting here with six wins going into the Georgia game, and yet again, all of the spotlight is on that Ole Miss game at the end of the schedule. Got Georgia coming up. That's a big game for State, obviously, but the season, in my eyes, will be defined on that Ole Miss game, and State is still in that same position. Nothing has really changed. The details might change and all that, but I feel the exact same about this team uh, still today. All right. agree with a lot of what you said. And, 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 and there is something to be said. When, they, when Auburn got the lead for the first time, I think the general consensus in that stadium was, well, this game is over. So you yes. do have to give a lot of credit to Mississippi State for finding a way to come back uh, and then come back again. Came back twice there in the, in the final minutes uh, to get the uh, to get the win, and then of course in overtime. So I, I agree with a lot of what you said. So let's see. I, I do know. I, I go ahead and tell you, we got a disagreement coming. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's I, I, jump I have in. an idea what that might be. Yeah, yeah, I know. Let's jump into them. I got fifteen things that are true for today's show. Fifteen, Robbie. I don't normally have this many. Let's just go into it. Number one, Robbie, that was three to two with scoring. That was a terrible football game. Really was. I mean, bad offenses, a lot of penalties, turnovers, just ugly football. Nothing, nothing aesthetically pleasing about that game after Tulu Griffin's uh kickoff return. Nothing. I'm just, you know. Was, the only difference was they're actually the, some teams they were able to get into the end zone. What's funny about this game is both defenses actually kind of played better than they did in the three to two game. Yeah. Three to two game, the offenses are just so inept that the defenses didn't have to do anything. They actually had to make stops in this game. So. Yeah, and and that's another thing I wanted I wanted to mention. You have, you do have to give a lot of credit to Auburn. I thought their defense was pretty good. It's salty. For I thought sure. the I thought Auburn they made adjustments. Auburn, Kentucky, and LSU have all mm-hmm. – they all outcoached Mike Leach defensively. And Georgia and Ole Miss are going to follow that suit probably. Uh, we'll see on Ole Miss, but Georgia is going to be tough. Well, sure. what we'll say about Ole Miss is they'll follow that plan. It's just can they – do they have the, the guns to execute it? We'll see. All right, yeah. number uh, two. This, this season has been divided between good offense and bad offense. The offense was good – uh, in the first six games, five times, right? Mm-hmm. And since then, it's been bad every game. Which is the real offense? I wonder if um, any this this is a problem too. Mm-hmm. The weather. Mm-hmm. Every time we've seen Mississippi State play in this kind of weather, their they offense do has it. just been putrid. And it, and again, that is an issue. If you have an offense that is predicated on it, it has to be absolutely dry outside, and you—I mean—you can't do hardly anything. You better be undefeated in September, September, and October because November is coming. Yeah, that's a problem. So, and, and on top of that, you know, it's is the the run game is is the biggest question. It, it it literally it literally doesn't make any sense to me that the running game was so effective early on, and you were dominant in those games. And now you have completely forsaken that running game. And you can tell again, you can tell me all the time that they're lining this many up in the box and this, that, and the other. There just comes a point where you just have to hand the ball off. You just have mm-hmm. to. And there has to come a point where Mike Leach calls a running play and he has to tell he, I'm at the point with him where I'm I want him to pull Will Rogers aside and say, We're gonna run the ball here. And if you check out of it and call a pass, I'm gonna bench you. 
So run the ball if you want to stay on the field. That's the point I'm at with this with this this offense. They have to make their opponents respect the run. And oh, by the way, when they're running the ball with their running backs, they're doing so effectively. They're averaging five plus yards a rush. That's plenty. Doesn't, doesn't make sense. It does not. It, it, it boggles my mind what is going through Rodgers and Leach's head offensively when, and they're, like when the, they're calling plays. The people that were disagreeing with that were saying, well, I mean, only an idiot would run the football with those guys in the box. I mean, they didn't even try. Like, it's just a, yeah. like they see that many people in the box, they're not even going to try to run the football. Right. I mean, let's see let's see what happens. I mean, maybe you break through the, through the second level and you get past the linebacker and you got uh, clear sailing. I mean, I'm at least going to try to establish the run. Yeah. They they ran the football. They had they had zero design runs out of the locker room for the first three or four possessions. Oh, we'll get into that in just a minute. We'll get into that. I promise. I have those numbers. Uh, number three, I have it written down as I think we've seen Will Rogers' ceiling. That might be a little harsh. I might be better served saying this. Will Rogers has definitely regressed this year. There's There's no getting around that. He is not as good as he was last season. I don't know if he's been figured out, if he's been scouted at this point, but even in losses last year, he was throwing for 400-plus. And this year, I mean, the teams are shutting him down. I think it's the the fact that he's not dissecting the defense as well, like whenever the, the ball is snapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, one thing that I'll say is – is an issue for Will is pocket presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to know, have an internal clock, I got to get the ball out here. Uh, because a lot of those sacks last night were mm-hmm. covered sacks. I mean, the, the offensive line was not great. Right. Um, and th- there was a lot of pressure, but you've got to help those guys out too. You got to get it out quicker. Mm-hmm. Se- several of those sacks were just standing in the pocket too long. Four yeah. or five seconds. I mean, you just, you're you on on hardly any level. You're going to have that much time. You can see, even this late in the season, how much he misses Charles Cross. Yeah, because he knew because he you was, knew you he was knew fine back. There. He was never going to get hit from the blind side with Charles Cross there. And, and, and now, listen, I mean, I I saw a lot of people were were really upset at the tackles. Those guys have been solid this year. I yeah. mean, there's only so there's only so much you can do when you're throwing the football 50 plus times the game. Yeah, there's only so, there's only so often, and guys are pinning their ears back like that. Right. There's only so much you can do. Charles was just so magnificent. It it matters the fact that that's very difficult to and do. And now he's in the NFL doing the exact same thing. That's all you need to know. But you're right. absolutely right. When they know you're going to pass. It's it's easy pickings to get back there and pressure the quarterback. They're not worried about stopping a run. They're not worried about a draw player being caught out of the running lanes. They know they can just go get Will Rogers. I mean, Derek Hall did what Will Anderson did last year, and some of those guys. He just he just unloaded. I mean, he knew they just told him go get the quarterback every play. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the run. Mm-hmm. And and again, when you're just dropping back every play and you're not showing any kind of initiative to run the football. That is what happens. That's why Mississippi State has games like this because they do not try to establish a run. Agreed. It's not that they can't run it. It's that they don't even try to, and that's a problem. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. All right, let's do this. Number four, it's going to be really difficult, be exceedingly difficult to find one, but you got to at least look in the portal at a quarterback. And what I'm going to say is this, Robbie. 
Nobody is untouchable. All right. I mean, it's one thing if, if you have Bryce Young, right? If you have Hendon Hooker, you got a quarterback like that. Then you don't need to look in the portal. But Will Rogers has not played as well as he possibly could this. You can you can improve at the quarterback position. Now, I don't know who that quarterback is, and I don't I don't know that they would come to Mississippi State. But I'm just saying Will Rogers is not this untouchable. He's not Dak Prescott. He's not completely locked in, written in Sharpie on the depth chart. He doesn't have to be. You can bring in somebody to compete with him for a job. That's how I'm looking at it. It's not, it's not, I'm not saying that Will Rogers isn't a you know good quality college football player. I think a lot of people just don't like Will Rogers. That's not me. But I am saying that Mississippi State, I think Ra Ra Thomas is really good. But if if a you know another wide receiver who's better than him wants to transfer here, you're you're going to bring him in. If uh, I, I think that uh, let me try to think of somebody else. I think that um, I'm just trying to you know I think Jacobius Marks is really really good, right? But if Quinshawn Judkins wants to transfer to Mississippi State, going to take him, going to take him. So why is it not the same for Will Rogers? Uh, well, my opinion on that has been and you. You touched on it a little bit. I don't know the quality quarterback they're going to be able to get out right. of the portal. Right. Uh, just just because they're looking at that. Oh my God, this dude is the all time. Because they're going to look on the surface. They're not going to look at. Right. I have well, a better right. arm than this guy. I've got a better. I've got more accuracy. I can move in the pocket. They're not looking at that. They're going to see this guy's an established starter under Mike Leach. He's been mm-hmm. there for three years. He's broken every record Mississippi State has. I can go out. I can go in there and beat him. Because yeah. if you get a quarterback out of the portal, they feel certain they're going to have a starting job. They're right, and you have an spot. issue if they don't. You have an issue. Yeah. I, I said that so, all along. I thought that with Ole Miss, if Dart had not won that job, they were going to have an issue with chemistry. Yes. That they've they have uh, hit on just about everybody with their portal stuff. But correct. I think that you should always in this current landscape, you should always be looking to improve your position. I agree. No matter where that is, no matter who, how many times somebody started somewhere, you should always be trying to upgrade. If somebody shows interest, if a, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this person in particular because it didn't work out well, but if a KJ Costello type, a Power right. Five starter that's been very successful in the Power Five, if he wants to come to Mississippi State and thinks he can beat out Will Rogers, you absolutely take him. If you feel like you can upgrade that position, I just. I just have my doubts, and I'm not saying state should shouldn't even be considering it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be anybody that wants to touch it. I um, agree. You, you but, might get a group of five guy, and that, I mean, if you get a Jack Abraham type, mm-hmm. something like that, that's very attainable, right? But getting getting somebody that's an established quarterback again, especially like in the Power Five, is going to be tough going to be very, very difficult because you're absolutely correct. They're just going to look on the surface and go, wait a minute, this guy has set a ton of records there. You know, I don't know, you know, what's going to be the situation. That's that's going to be on Mike Leach in the recruiting process to make it clear that we believe that you can elevate us at the quarterback position. If you come in and you win the job, and I think you can, then, you know, we go from there. So that, but it's a tough, it's a tough sell. I'm not going to, I'm not going to underplay that it's a tough sell. It's going to be very hard to do. You have to look. You have to because you can play. There are better quarterbacks. There are going to be better quarterbacks out there than Will Rogers. There just are. But, 
here's here's another thing I'll say. Okay. Um, I just I hate putting all the blame on Will Rogers. Oh I, no, no I've, doubt, no doubt. I've always hated that. After every time Mississippi State plays badly, I feel like it's it's Will Rogers' fault. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very very difficult offense to um to work in the SEC uh precisely. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's – I think in some ways it's doing Will Rogers a lot of favors. In other ways, it's it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a very – it's not an offense that's going, that's going to be explosive. You know, it's, it's it's a passing offense that basically runs almost like a wing tee or something. You know, it's like yeah. – it's like the triple option or something, you know, from 19 19- – 56 you know yeah. and the, it's it's just it's something that i don't think really does it does a lot for the quarterback but it doesn't as weird as that sounds uh, so I, a lot of that i don't put blame on will rogers i put blame on mike leach because he's not mm-hmm. doing what it takes for that offense to be successful he's putting we're, a lot of pressure on will rogers we're going to talk about a little bit more detail about what you're, you're describing but you're correct this offense is so quarterback centric that when it goes bad, it all the blame goes to Rodgers. And I mean, you're the quarterback; you sort of got to wear that at times. But you're right; a lot it is, it is disproportionate. I, I will agree with that. So, with that, was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I really thought we were about to have another shouting match. Well, for one, for one, there were so many people that were so angry about that. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to. People have just been really angry this year. I don't know what it is. It's because the team is frustrating, and well, I think they're... a lot of people thought it was going to be better, and they started off five and one. And it got people. I mean, you had threads. I mean, I know it's it's Kang, but you had a thread about is Mike Leach the kind of coach who could string together national titles? And now we're all four weeks later, and you're like, why have we not fired this guy? I mean, it's a frustrating it, season. And so, since I've been following message board geniuses, I've noticed that that's not a Mississippi. It's State not thing. a Mississippi State thing. That's every Everybody. every team thing. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right, number uh, number five. These uh, these two stats, Robbie, kill me. So from the time it was 24-3 until about midway through the third quarter, State threw 24 straight passes. On a second down, Jaquavius Marks got a first down on a 12-yard run. State didn't throw it again until midway through the third quarter. That was in the midway through the second quarter. 24 straight passes. Of State's 40 plays that they ran that were first down plays, either start of a possession or they earned a first down, Two of them were spikes. So two out of 40 were spikes. So I'm not counting those as anything but spikes. 36 out of 38 were passes. They threw the ball Mm. on first down 36 out of 38 times. That is completely unacceptable. Just yuck. I mean, you had this is an offense based on possession and, and short passes. Why would you not give yourself a chance to be second and six instead of second and and 10? I, it might have been breaking up that uh, that string. Mm-hmm. They ran the football in second and twenty, or or first and twenty, first and yeah. twenty, or second twenty. Like that, the the run plays are not put, they're not done. That makes put themselves in good field, good position. Yeah, and that's what was so frustrating about it. And if that's a Will Rogers thing, it's like you said, you've got to just make the call yourself. At some point, you're you're the head coach. If you're what is what is the leech thing? You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. You're the head coach. Pull them aside and, and say, we're running the ball. If you don't want to run the ball, get out of the game. 
And that's why I really dislike how he handles like post game. Yeah. We're not going to go on this thing, this tangent. Uh, again, let's not do that. It's just the, you know, it's always the player's fault. I, I, at some point, the coaches have to take initiative too. And I think I a lot of those coaches do. I just I don't understand why Leach won't. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, a lot of that, it falls on him. I mean, there's nothing that you could be upset about with the defense last night. And that's a defense that gave up 33 points. Yeah. And there's not a single person that could blame I mean, them. It started three possessions inside state's red zone. Not, not, in, there, not in state territory, in the red zone. Is there a thing on a stat broadcast that has average field position? I, I was trying I to so. find it, and then I got I, so. I got busy with something last night. I was trying to find that because I think on five possessions, they started at Mississippi, inside Mississippi State's 35, I think. The offense was constantly putting the defense's backs against the wall, and I thought the defense did everything they could. And then at the end of the game, you saw a defense that was just completely gassed. They're gassed. And that's what we see all the time with this defense. Let's see here. Let me see if I can find it for you, Robbie. Um, be special teams, maybe? No. Drives. Average field position for Auburn was their own 46. And for State, it was their own 33. State, uh, Auburn started a drive inside the MSU, at the MSU 10, at the MSU 24, at the MSU 14. I mean, that's three drives in the red zone they started. What can you do? There's only so much you can do as a defense when 20 yards scores a touchdown. This offense in these kind of games, they sabotage the defense. Mm-hmm. They do. They, they, do. They, they, kill the, they kill their own defense. Well, let's get to number six then, which has to be – Zach Arnett has to be beside himself. That guy is – that guy should be making more than Leach at this point. He's the only reason they're winning. Yeah. He's keeping these teams in the game. I mean, and I know it's like I said, it sounds funny that they scored 33 points and we're talking about this, but if State had played poorly defensively, they'd have lost by four touchdowns. Zach Arnett is that that meme of the lady outside of like Popeyes, like where she's yes. just on the bench. She's just on the bench covered in flour, just like he's just after a hard day, man. He, he comes home. He comes home. You know, he's got the chickens in the backyard, the cows he's got to deal with. He does. And he's just sitting there and he's just like I'm too old for this crap. I mean, I, it's at the point with Arnett where I, I I hate to say this, I'll be surprised if he doesn't find another job. I just well, I the mean, thing is, super, like Mississippi, Mississippi State has realized what he's going through, and they're paying him handsomely. They, they pay him well, and there is some value to the fact that he is basically left alone. You yes. know, no coach Leach does not meddle with him at all. Stays out, and of that's the life. thing. That's the thing about Mike Leach. Every coach that works with him loves working for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you t- like he, like he is. That's that's the one thing I will say about Mike Leach. Like he is the head, the coach's coach. Like he's. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves working with him, and that, that's why he's had such good retention with his coaches, is because he's a good boss to work with. Because he just lets them have freedom, and that's why those coaches become great coaches. Yeah. But again, I mean, there's a reason. People are changing what he does. Yeah, and for whatever reason, he he won't, and that's that's a problem for Mississippi State. But the good thing is, you have a excellent defensive coordinator. There, there's certainly his faults in his defense, just like it was with Jolie Dunn. He reminds me a lot of Jolie Dunn, not just the the scheme that he runs. Right. Um, with that's going to come some big plays. But I tell you, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of big plays from that defense too, and they made some on yeah. uh, Friday night. I thought a lot of players really stepped up to the plate, especially in a, a defensive performance where they didn't force any turnovers, but they still made a ton of a ton of big plays. There's no question. I mean, think about how many times they were they were in the red zone starting a possession. Mm-hmm. Alabama was like that last year, last week, and State did or two weeks ago. State did a really good job. Yeah. So this defense, you have a hard-nosed defense, a defense that's never going to be really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Kentucky game was kind of – they were a little bit, and that was kind of the anomaly. But uh, that defense has played pretty well this year. The numbers might not bear it out, but they've played really well. Yeah. We were right on our playmakers, too. Nate Watson, double-digit tackles, and then Tyrus Wheat, two sacks, three-and-a-half tackles for loss. Just absolutely, we were on that. I, um, I, I had Jaquavius. We both had Jaquavius Marks. He scored the game winning touchdowns. So. Yeah, so we'll, we'll take should've it. They used him more. Yeah, they should have. Uh, where are we here? Number seven. Robbie, you know me and you know how my feelings towards officials, right? You know how I feel about the referees. I have never applauded the officials, but as they walked off the field, I gave them a standing ovation because I don't think that pass interference call was pass interference. It was I think not. They won the game for State. <laughs> It was not, and I'm, that was a cheap, cheap call. And I think that that broke Auburn's back. It was. That was the end of the game. Yeah, when that, when that was called, and the ball's first and goal at the five. The game's over at that point. So here's what I say though: mm-hmm. they they missed a holding on Jet oh, Johnson on the possession. Few, they missed a bunch. Yeah, there's no question about that. But that State call saved to, State. Well, State was trying to win the game in regulation, and mm-hmm. that was a huge holding call. That if, yeah, if it's called, I think State might escape but yeah. instead they missed it and it was right in front of the official so i look at it as a uh, a makeup call but it, it definitely helps state win the ball game i agree i agree all right number uh eight we'll give auburn some credit here i'm gonna give robbie asher a lot of credit you tell me if you saw a different but in the first quarter he was running out of bounds he was getting down early he was trying to survive mm-hmm. by the end of the game he's carrying the team on his back State, all they did the whole game was give him confidence. And I, I think a lot of it came from the offense of him watching State's offense and saying, I can, I can get this, I can, we can beat this team. But defensively, it's just been a, a curse all year. And it makes you wonder coming up with Jackson Dart what, what's going to happen in the old miss game. But mobile quarterbacks, they do eat this defense up. They've got to figure out a way to to stop that. That was the only that was literally the only thing that worked for Auburn. Yeah. Uh, Tank Bigsby had a couple of big runs, but the bulk of his yardage came on those big runs. Jarquez Hunter, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. They they ran the football okay, but couldn't pass it. Seven of twenty two, he was just awful passing the football. Yeah, uh, but they figured out, hey guys, if we if if a play breaks down or you see some some open field, just take off because there's yeah. there's not going to be anybody there. Yeah. Everybody's pursuing down the field one way or the other. Either they're pursuing down the field towards the quarterback, trying mm-hmm. to get to him. Or they're running down the field with the wide receivers, and that's basically they feel, they figured that out. They can they could get a chunk of yards uh, by running the football. And he had I think he had two touchdowns on third down. I think you're correct. Yes, inside the red zone. So yes. state's got to get better there. That's that's the one thing that's really killed them this year defensively is trying to defend a mobile quarterback. Yeah, and uh, like I said. Stetson Bennett can run a little, but he's not looking to. And their offensive line is good enough. It's not an issue. But Jackson Dart's a runner. So we'll see how that pans out for uh, for State. Uh, number nine. 
it's weird to say this in a game where you made a game tying field goal with seconds remaining and you had a kickoff return for a touchdown. But Robbie, special teams just continues to slip every single week. I, I don't know what's going on with the punters, man. I really don't, but they are they are in their own head for some reason. The thing about special teams is this like it's so it's boomer bust. Yeah. They they are either making a incredible play, fantastic play, or they're completely crapping the bed out there. I mean, it's nuts. They had a kick return for a touchdown, a game tying field goal that was, you know, forty four yards and he he was iced three times or twice, kicked it three times. And then they kicked the ball off a guy and got the ball back with a chance to win the game, mm-hmm. which I don't think that was really planned. But it still, was not I mean, planned. They, they, they said that in post game, I believe, that it was just a lucky bounce. They were trying to squib it. But yeah, it's just it's crazy how this continues to happen. They muffed a punt, uh, they, they've dropped a snap on a mm-hmm. punt. Also, it's they just, finally put Tulu back there, but he doesn't appear to be any better than anybody yeah, else he muffed it. fielding punts. Yeah, I think I think they're they're going to use either Tulu or Xavion Thomas, regardless moving forward. But Xavion, he must have been hurt or something because he was like tweeting during the game. So yeah, and he wasn't dressed out. Just it's 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 just really weird. They 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 were good. They were good at the beginning of the season. They had just gotten progressively worse but they keep having these bright spots they have these yep. moments a 44 yard field goal a uh a kickoff return for a touchdown so i it's just jekyll and hyde and it's and it's, i don't know i don't i don't know why they didn't use ben raven on that last field goal that's a great question i, I wish somebody had asked that in post game because he's already proven he can make from there why would you not give him that opportunity but this is what it is so all right uh number 10 Robbie, when, when Mike Leach was hired, one of the things that was talked about was, oh, this offense is great for Mississippi State because you can you can be really successful w- without having having to have highly rated recruited players. That was that was a talking point. No question about it. People said that's a reason to hire Mike Leach. He can take lesser players and put up big numbers with them. Here we are in year three, and all I ever see is. Well, you know, we got to get better at quarterback. We got to get better at receiver. We got to get better on the offensive line. Which is it? Now, for me, I would never tell you to not go get better players. Better players make make it easier. You win with good players. That's how I agree with that. But why is the offense not working with the lesser players like I was told it was in January of 2020? Why is yeah that's. That's it's not a it's not a personnel issue. And if you have an offense where it takes three years before, like we keep hearing, it's year three. Well, maybe actually it's year four. That that's that's not good. If it takes that long, which by the way we were told that the offense is the easiest offense for anybody to learn. Right. Right. So it it shouldn't take three years to develop like that. Um, I, I just I feel like there's just an issue there with the with the scheme and not the personnel. Um, it's You're not fitting your scheme around the personnel that you have, which I feel like is the best offenses do. And uh, that's that's obviously been an, been an issue for Mississippi State. And what's really frustrating is there's been times this year where the offense has just has looked really good. I thought last night there was times where the offense looked really good. They were running tempo. Those mm-hmm. first two possessions were great. But they can't do it consistently. It's so weird. 
they'll have those two possessions. They're running tempo. They're getting the ball out quick. They're running the football, gashing the defense a little bit. Defense adjusts, and the offense never adjusts. It's like the entire game is, is scripted a certain way, mm-hmm. and they don't deviate away from the script. That's not good. That's a bad thing for Mississippi State. They've and got to figure the out something different. They cannot seem to overcome adversity. Yeah. Like I feel like this team is mentally tough in the way they came back last night. But when they – I mean, it, simple things like if it's second and eight, second and ten, I feel like the drive's over a lot of times. And a lot of what we've said tonight or on this podcast – I shouldn't say tonight. It's, just, it's still the afternoon. But a lot of these things that we said are things that Joel and I said back in 2020. We're having a lot of the same discussions that we had in 2020. That is not a positive sign. Yeah. So I don't I, – like I said, if – this team is I, – I don't understand why the uh, – we're going to uh, you know be able to run the offense and do all this stuff with lesser players. Why, why is it not happening? Why is it not happening? I don't know the answer. I don't know. So. And again, I mean, like I said before the show, there's, there's a lot of things that we're talking about, like the details or whatever that are issues for Mississippi State, but they're still right where we thought they would be. Yeah. So, I mean, things are still attainable. It's just that we've seen enough from this team that it's hard to be really positive about the Egg Bowl, which is and, and three weeks, the, the most important game of the year and probably the most important game of Mike Leach's tenure here. There's a there's a huge one this weekend, mm-hmm. but the result of that game is not going to be as important as the result of the Egg Bowl in the end. I mean, that, that just is what it is because you're competing with Ole Miss on a consistent basis mm-hmm. every single day, competing for them with the recruits. A win versus Georgia would be incredible. It would be up there with 1980 Bama. Yeah. Because you would beat the number one team in the country. That would mm-hmm. be un- unbelievable. But at the end of the day, you still got to beat Ole Miss this year. Yeah, I agree. And he's going to be judged by not what he does against Georgia, but what he does against Ole Miss. I agree. I agree 100%. Number 11. We all agree there's a problem with this offense, right? If they're, they're, you, can't, you can't watch this offense and go, that's what it's supposed to look like, right? The way they're playing these last three weeks, three games. So if we agree on that, and if you by the way, if you disagree with that, then your opinion is irrelevant to me because you're wrong. You know I mean, you can sit there and try to spin it however you want. You're just wrong. The the people that disagree are the ones that you just need to be positive. We need to support the coach. That they're going to stick. Napoleon with is always right. Yeah, they're they going to the be. Boxers. They're going to be the ones that side with Mississippi State through right. through everything. So those people's opinion, I could care less about because if State fired Leach tomorrow, they would tell me the offense was a problem. So yeah, Jim Jim Leach would not be one of those that you're listening to, right? The guy that told me to. F no, I miss this. Oh, what? Yeah. On on Jim on Leach. Twitter? Yeah, Jim Leach, L E E C H. He got mad at me because I said the state should try to establish a run, and he said uh, something to the effect of, "One of the things he said was, um, you're dumb if you can't see that they're putting." four guys in the line of scrimmage. We can't run against that, whatever. Uh, so I came back later and mentioned how State had not even attempted to run the football in the first three possessions, and he just came out with a F you. 
No, he sure did. And he blocked you, too. Yeah, blocked me. Like He blocked me. That's the question. Let's see. Which he, I've always had get a, me out of the way. I've always had an issue with people blocking someone they don't follow. Yeah, it's kind of weird. All right. I mean, the, the I, person, I'm still, the I'm still in. I'm still in. The person doesn't follow them is what I mean. Like, I, like right. why are why are you blocking me? I don't. I'm. I'm not going to be searching your tweets. Yeah, it's it's weird. All right, let me get back to my my thing that is true. We agree that there's a problem with the offense, right? The problem is either Mike Leach, Will Rogers, or both. There's no other option. Blame has got to go somewhere. I think it's both. I would say it's like seventy thirty Leach to to Rogers. But you got to blame one of those two people. You got to suck it up, take a deep breath, put in your big boy pants, and say, "Yeah, those two guys or one of those guys is not delivering." I believe it's Mike Leach. Okay. I think I think at the when when the, when a new quarterback steps in, if it's Sawyer Robertson or whatever, we're going to be having these same conversations. All right, who who are we looking at next? Mm-hmm. You know, Saw- Sawyer can't get it done. So is it Braden lock time? It's going to be, it's going to continue to be the issue because, like I said, I think for all that this thing does to um, push a quarterback out there and give him some big numbers and all that stuff, I think it hinders a quarterback as well because you're putting all of the pressure on the quarterback. He has the spotlight on him, which it's like that everywhere, but. When, when your offense is 75% passing the football and you're not showcasing the running game, you're not really doing anything to establish the running game, the blame is going to go to the quarterback because he's the one that's handling the ball at all times. He's throwing the football. So everybody's blaming Will Rogers for this, and I think he deserves some. He, he doesn't play uh, well all the time, but – I've always said that you know the magnifying glass is on him more than anybody at Mississippi State because of this offense. So I'm blaming Mike Leach when this thing goes bad. That's fair. I'll take you. You, you can blame either one of those guys, or you can give them a combination. I don't care. That's just what we have to accept. That's where the blame lies. That's where it goes on those two guys or one of them. It, there's just no other. There's just no getting around that. That's the. That's where the blame game has to be played. All right, number uh, 12, 13, and 14, kind of connected. We might do them a little bit rapid fire here. Number 12, MSU will not be favored in the Egg Bowl. Right now, Ole Miss probably a touchdown favorite. Maybe a little bit more. Depends on how they, they look the next two weeks. Six and a half. Six and a half as it stands today. Here's all you need to know about Ole Miss and Vegas and how little respect they get. Alabama, two-loss team, struggling on the road. Not a good road team this year. Traveling to Oxford on Saturday to play. I, I I haven't looked. I assume Alabama is ranked below Ole Miss, right? Uh, I hadn't looked. Would you rank? I had them? A, I had them below. I had, okay. I had Alabama like eleventh or twelfth. What would you have Ole Miss like ninth? Ninth. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna assume. You know, I, I mean, I, now I feel like I need to know. Hold on. I need to know for the the purposes of what I'm I'm saying here. I I know what you're saying. And I completely agree with you. No one believes in Ole Miss, right? Outside of Ole Miss. Let me let me let me let me just see. Okay, Alabama. No, I'm wrong. Alabama is tenth. Ole Miss is eleventh in the AP poll. That's crazy, but whatever. Really? Hmm. That's that's hard to believe. But regardless, two pretty close teams. One team is bad on the road. Ole Miss has been good. Ole Miss is a twelve point underdog. Twelve point underdog. 
Vegas doesn't that's have any wild. respect for Ole Miss. That's that is that is four points lower than Mississippi State, Georgia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Right. Yeah, nobody so, believes in Ole Miss. They just all right. So they're, they're they are where they are because they're eight and one, seven and, and one. one whatever. Give them credit for winning the games. They're eight and one. Yeah. All right. So twelve, they're not going to be favored. Thirteen, if that holds up, Leach is coaching for his job in twenty twenty three. No question about it. If you're zero and three against Ole Miss, twenty twenty three is the absolute. You have to either win ten games or win eight games and beat Ole Miss. Something. And this is interesting. Can't lose four straight to them. This is interesting because he's, as far as I know, he's never really been in this position to where he's been under that kind of pressure. He has not, to my knowledge. I mean, he he got fired at Texas Tech, but it. He was Wasn't for wins winning. And he was winning big there. They, yeah. a lot of those people did not want to get rid of him. A lot of those people still of, they would take him there. back right this second. Yeah, yeah, but th- this is a little different. You're coaching the SEC. I-, I don't know if he thinks that you know he can just collect a check at a place like Mississippi State, but that's just not the case. Right. So it it will be interesting to see how he reacts to a little pressure. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And then last but not least on that, on 14, this isn't 1995. You don't get five years to build your program anymore. You know, it's not like we got to come in and recruit our first class and get those guys in the program, and by the time they're juniors and seniors, we're going to be really good. This is the transfer portal era. This is a time when you can you can build your program in a year. State kind of needs to be like Ole Miss was this past year. They got to find a way to do that. And I don't know if they can. And I don't know that they really have the desire to, but they need an impact pass rusher, either a defensive end or a linebacker. They need uh, uh, some more help in the secondary. They need a, uh, maybe a quality offensive lineman. They could use some help at the wide receiver position. And then that does not to mention that I think that they should be looking for a quarterback. They got a lot of holes to fill. And they're going to bring back a lot of guys next year. But I don't feel like you can watch this team and just say, I'm right, right. And you know, last year, nobody was replacing Charles Cross. There's no point in looking for a left tackle, right? Charles Cross is your left tackle. But this year, who's irreplaceable? Emmanuel Forbes? Well, he's going to be gone next year because he's going to be in the NFL. So the portal needs to be Mississippi State's friend. Honestly, once if they can get Isaac Smith and, and Dante Dowdle in the boat, I don't know how many more high school kids you really need to be going after at that point. You need to really be focused on the portal, I think. Yeah, they need to hit that hard, and they they've got to get some some uh, difference back players. Yeah, they've gotten good players from the portal thus far. I think Jalen Green, Randy Charlton have been good players. Um, was Jalen Green out there last night? He was. I, he must have been hurt or something. He 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 and Jackie Matthews both did not play much. He and, saw a and lot of Sean Preston, who I thought played well. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were running the football so much, and those guys were just – Yeah, I agree. But I, I just didn't notice hardly any safeties last yeah. night. Also, and I, I don't know if there was an explanation, I was really surprised that it was Asias Furge getting the start at corner and not Marcus Banks. Very interesting. Very uh, interesting. I, I thought, thought he played well, though. I, I thought he played okay, yeah. So, uh, Last but not least, we'll finish with some positivity. Incredibly, despite everything we just said, Despite all that negativity, despite as badly as play, they played last night, despite as badly as they played the last th- three games, they still have a chance to be eight and four and go to a good bowl and improve upon last year. It's all about beating Ole Miss. Ole Miss is not an unbeatable football team. All right. They're scary because of the way they, they, they get out to fast starts, but you can move the football and score points and come back on Ole Miss. You can do it. And they're yeah. going to have to Thanksgiving night. 
this isn't Ole Miss's team from last year. No. At all. Uh, this is a team that you can you you can get some empty possessions with your defense against. I think you can move the football against their their defense. You can score points. It's just about execution, and pray to God that it's not raining. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, a hot take here. Oh, okay. I want to hear it. I think State comes out Saturday and plays really well against Georgia. I think that's that's not uh, it's a hot it's a sort of hot takey but I think it's sort of based in 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 reality and I'll tell you why two things one they'll be fired up to play it'll be a big crowd but two Georgia I don't think Georgia is a team to have big letdowns but they had they played a really good game at home against Tennessee they have to come down from that just a touch I don't I I mean prior to that game they had not played particularly well right against Florida they weren't they weren't great and against uh, Missouri, against um, oh, I'm leaving somebody out that they 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 had a close one with the whoever um, that they had a non-conference game that went the Kent, oh, Kent State, State or something. Kent State yeah they haven't they haven't yeah they haven't I don't know that they've played back to back games where you're just like man that's the best team in the country I don't so, think there's anybody in the in the country that's unbeatable no no Ohio State was awful on Saturday yeah. Yeah, Georgia's so. had some bad games. Yeah, I I've I've felt I've just felt felt weird about this game since the summer. Mm-hmm. I've just felt like State could compete in this ball game, and I don't I don't really know well, why so much, but I I think that the, I, it might just be hope more than anything. They're well, they're going to play do that crazy better. stuff, right? Where they 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 show up for a big game, and sometimes they 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 make big upsets. So yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens. It's it's really the the line of scrimmage is the is the big deal. I agree. Can state block up front? Can they stop Georgia uh, from running the football? Can they stop um, the tight end? That's kind of the big thing because they're they're gonna Georgia's gonna throw the ball around a little bit too. They they like to throw the ball, mm-hmm. um, and so state's gonna have to make some big plays. I mean, you really need Emmanuel Forbes back. I don't know how long he's gonna be be out. He was on the sideline, mm-hmm. looked like he was in good spirits and stuff, so maybe he's back relatively quick. But Yeah, I agree. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's move on to the uh, last part of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. My friend Alex Watson over in Tupelo, Robbie, she cooked 35 pounds of prime rib today on Sunday. Oh, boy. For her uh, church, uh, for church dinner, they had their bishop in town, and they put her in charge of the most important thing, and she nailed it. And uh, fantastic looking stuff I saw on Twitter. Um, and then, you know, I mean, the weekend is all about the beef, man. If you're cooking out, if you're on the grill, beef is where it's at. Steaks and burgers, everybody loves them. But, hey, you got these night games, that's plenty of time to do something big up on the grill. A big, you know, brisket. Maybe even you can do the poor man's brisket. Do a little chuck roast. Do a little tri-tip. Do something like that. All, all sorts of great stuff. And it all starts with beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked mitts. Smoked mitts? What are smoked mitts? Those gloves, um, like catcher's mitts? You, you got to smoke them? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, maybe they've been. Maybe you left the oven mitt sitting on the ah, uh, nah, griddle or something. Smoke yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, a little smoked mitt. <laughs> well, if you want smoke, or maybe. Mitts. You know, I know some people that when they smoke cigarettes, they immediately have to go wash their hands. Maybe you have a mitt that you smoke the cigarette with, so your hands don't smell like smoke. That might just be like a million dollar idea. It keeps. It you, really does. Keeps it really your hands does sound stinky. 
Well, it's about smoked meats instead <laughs> at Two Brothers over there in the heart of the Cotton District. Great weather all week, so a great time to head out on the patio. Enjoy yourself this weekend at Two Brothers. I imagine it will be an absolute madhouse uh, with all the people that are going to be in town for the Georgia game. Make sure you're a part of it. Get there early, grab your seat, and enjoy yourself and enjoy a fantastic meal every time you're out at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. Advantage Business Systems delivers on it and has done so for 47 years. That's a long time. Long time. Not, not a long time to be alive, but a long time to be in business. And you only do it when you take care of your customers. So when you want to be treated like a neighbor and not a number, you'll call Advantage Business Systems. A lot of times when you're talking about service, you're dealing with the same person who made you the sale. So you have that relationship, you know each other, and you know how to and they know how to take care of you and your business. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. One thing I learned this weekend, by the way, being up in the uh the scoreboard club is Adidas, not a lot of Adidas polos up there. You can tell there's a lot of, of people buying polos from places like the Rogue and their collegiate collection. And I'm just not surprised. Now, that being said, I was wearing an Adidas polo and I was wearing a banner M and I'll wear that because, for one reason. You guys find me a polo that has the stuff that I like on it in my size and I'll wear it. But until that day comes, I'm kind of stuck with what I got. That being, said, that being said, if I could, I would buy from the rogue because they have the best looking collection of po polos and quarter zips that I've seen from all, and a lot, a lot of companies getting in on this market right now, but the brogues kind of stands above them. So check them out, especially talking about this holiday season, guys, you will make someone's day. You'll make dad's day. If on Christmas day, he opens up a polo from the rogue with the script state or the M over S on it. So check them out. The rogue and Jackson, the rogue.com or the rogue JXN on Instagram. Don't live the three stripe life shop at the rogue. The Rogue is important. Advantage. Our sponsors are important. But right now, we're going to talk about something else that is important. All right, Coffee is for Closers is brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Bolton. Hmm. Yes, mm. it would. Reminds yeah. me of our good friend Chris Bolton. Ah, yeah, I miss Chris. Good guy up there covering the Kentucky. Great guy. Yeah, I, I mess. I messaged him the other day. Talked to him for a few minutes on text. Um, wherever you are in our great state, if you want Strange Brew Coffee, it's just a click away. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and they'll ship it right to your door. This holiday season, if you got a coffee lover in your life, you need to shop at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. We have. A special bonus edition today, Robbie, of Coffee is for Closers. We've got three teams getting, we've got three bonus teams. Ooh. So, uh, very exciting to not hand out some coffee. For State, it's offense. Leach, Rogers, the whole team. All of them. I, I, Marks maybe can have coffee. Game-winning touchdown, and the, the limited times they let him run the ball, he was good. But the rest of that lot, no coffee for them. They had some good moments on offense. The first quarter, I thought the punters were just bad all the way around. I, yeah. I, I might, I might hand it out to the punters this time right. around. But I mean, it's it's your deal. You know, well, we'll just. How about we just throw the punters in? Yeah, we don't, we don't have to. Punters and punters in the offense. Everybody but the defense and Woody Marks. No coffee. 
All right, done. And Zach Arnett, he can have coffee. SEC, I can't believe Arkansas stood by and watched as Liberty did that to them. <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr. would be really excited about that. He would have enjoyed that, that. He would have enjoyed that. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is that is a big win for Liberty. We make all the jokes we want about the Falwells and Hugh Freeze and all that. That's a big win. To go into an SEC stadium and get a win like that, very impressive. Arkansas, I was way off on them, and now they're in real trouble because I don't think they're beating LSU. They still have to play Ole Miss. Ole Miss game is is interesting. That's that's probably their yeah. And these games are at home, win. but I don't know, what, man. Are they they're five and four? That's correct. And they have LSU. Who else? So they have LSU, Ole Miss, LSU and Ole Miss, and Missouri. I mean, they could they could be the five and game. six playing Missouri, trying for them to be bowl eligible. Because Missouri's defense is so good, it's good. Ooh, that's going to be. Yeah, I they got to find a way I, to outscore Ole Miss. I really like Sam Pittman. I think he's a really great guy. I do too, but, but the I'm, bloom is off the rose know. there. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, he has one more win than actually. Leech. I think he and Leach have the same. It might be close, yeah, because Leach is six and three this year. So, so state was four and seven. Leach and Pittman was three and seven. Remember, their bowl got canceled, so he's one up. Last year, he would have been two up on Leach, so he he would have been one up for the career. I think he's seventeen and fifteen, and Leach is seventeen and sixteen. There it is. Yeah, there it is. So, I mean, they've had basically the same, and he and he's been terrible against top twenty-five. Yeah, Uh, nationally. I've been waiting a long time to get you, Clemson. I've been waiting a long time for you, Dabo, to have no coffee. We're just sprinting down the hill in front of your team. By the way, a buddy of mine made this point. Is there anything more diametrically opposed to the way Dabo Sweeney enters the field and the way Mike Leach enters the field? It could be. It couldn't be any different. Dabo sprints out 100 yards in front of his team. Leach is coming out of the locker room two minutes after his team's on the field. How about Leach uh, unfolding all the chairs? I don't know. Yesterday, that's just another. That was another interesting. Thing. But yeah, Clemson absolutely humiliated up in Notre Dame. Give Michael Borky credit; he called that on Friday. I was really surprised, but he did it. So Clemson, after a long time of wanting to put them here, but they never lose in the regular season. Uh, we'll give it to them, and then we got our bonus ones. They're all in the SEC. Special bonus note to the LSU fans. The team deserves all the coffee with chicory they can have down there. But have some damn self-respect. You've rushed the field twice now. One was for beating Ole Miss. That was bad. That's embarrassing. And then you're a top 10 team. You're the number 10 team in the nation. You're playing the number six team in the nation. That does not warrant a field storming. I know it's Alabama. I know what they've done to you in the past. We have all can show on the doll where Alabama touched us. But there's no reason to rush the field again. They've it's been embarrassing. You're LSU. You won the national title three years ago. They've been really weird this year, like weirder than usual. Yeah. I mean, like early in the season, like they immediately terrible. they wanted to fire uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah. Coming in that state game, nobody there thought they were going to beat state. Everybody yeah. was scared to death. And now until the fourth quarter, and then they acted like they won the national championship in that game. And then they now they've just gone off completely off the rails. They're, yeah. they're just rushing Jayden the field Daniels every week. Has gotten better, and now Brian Kelly. When I look at that program, might have finally somebody who can who can go head to head with Saban. 
We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. he's going to be. Fans, he's going to be very good. Their fans know coffee because going on the field twice in three weeks is ridiculous. That's back to back games for them where they've stormed the field. You're not Clemson. It's not a. It's not a tradition. I think five hundred thousand dollars now. Yeah. Fine. The SEC, you know, they they they've got that thing that they're putting together that committee. The easiest way to there's two ways to to end this completely. One, make the fines just ridiculous, twenty yeah. million. <laughs> God, Lee. Imagine they, they will not. That they will do everything. They'll put. They'll they put would have the national up. guard around the field. Like uh uh-uh. uh. You put <laughs> put the dude that was standing in front of the goalpost. Put yeah. like ten of those around the stadium. Yeah. And then the other thing, or the other thing you can do is like, if you do it once, it's a fine. If you do it twice in a five year period, you you lose bowl eligibility for the year. Yeah, that'll stop that. It'll stop it quick. So. You're going right. to the college football playoff, and all of a sudden, you're, you're not. not going anywhere. Yeah. My other one goes no coffee for the coaching staffs at Alabama and Auburn. Now, you couldn't have any more opposite coaching staffs, right? You got Nick Saban, who's won it all, the greatest coach in college football history. You got Cadillac Williams in his first, first game, right? But they made the same mistake. They chased points in the second quarter. Yeah. Both of those teams would have won their games in regulation if they had just kicked extra points. But both of those teams, trying to play the math and play the analytics, went for two and didn't get it, and they end up losing those games in overtime. Just, I understand you, there are times when you have to go for two later in the game. In the second quarter, just kick the extra point. Just play the game, kick the extra point, and assume that you will score more. You're not winning the game 17-14, to 14, Alabama. You're not going to win the game uh, – or you're not – you know. You're not going to win the game with that two-point convert. Just play the game. Kick the extra point and continue to play. It cost them both. So no coffee for the coaching staffs there. Bill O'Brien is, is really underwhelming. I, and I, I knew that that was going to be. And his name keeps coming up as a potential offer. Oh, I could see that. I could see Cohen That's a Cohen hire. hire. That's a Cohen Him hire. And, um, who was the other Grimes. one? Jeff Grimes. Grimes. Those are Cohen hires. Oh, no, that, that would be a disaster. I'm not sure what I want. There's so many opportunities for comedy. With this Auburn hire, Kiffin leaving Ole Miss is funny, right? Freeze coming in is funny, but them going that way and going the uh, offensive coordinator route is also funny. So the offensive coordinator, this like old school mentality offensive right, coordinator. Right, right, right. So we'll see. No coffee for Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Clemson, Arkansas, and Mississippi State outside of Marks and the defense. Do we pick different this week on the on the pick'em? Yeah, you pit. We had like two different ones. What were they? I had Kentucky. One of them, one of them was uh, LSU. And, no, one of them was Tennessee, Georgia. You picked Tennessee. I picked Georgia. Oh, it's over then. What's the other um, one? Was it? Did no. you pick Missouri? Um, yes, I think I did. All right, so we split. So I'm still three down then. Well, yeah, you were, were two split. down, right? You were two down. I was two down. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. I think I'm three down. I'm pretty sure I'm three down. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. It's gonna be tough, but anyway, we'll go through that tomorrow. We'll talk about Mike Leach's press conference and anything else that pops up between now and then. Guys, have a great rest of your Sunday and into Monday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.